0: This message comes to you from City Bible Church in Portland, where we are committed to living like Jesus and sharing His love. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. You know, uh, you watch something like that and you you have to uh, come to grips with the reality that um, there's something more important to life, kind of what we experience oftentimes. You know, I think if you're really to ask Jesus himself, you know, what really matters when it all comes down to what's the main thing, I think he'd say people. And there's something that happens in our lives when we're willing to move beyond our busyness, our own challenges and problems, our own insecurities, to recognize that there's there's a world around us and that... God, in his infinite wisdom, chose to use you and me to make a difference in the millions of people, literally, that are around us in this metro area, to let them know that life doesn't have to be that way, that there's someone that does love and someone that does care. And, you know, we've been on a journey over the last 10 weeks with a series called The Follower. And Pastor Frank's been doing an amazing job helping us to come to grips with the fact that most of us, including myself, need to really consider how we're living our lives as believers. You know, we started the whole journey talking about admirers and moved on to inquirers and responders and followers and just the different levels throughout Scripture where people came into contact with this amazing person, this Jesus, this God, and how their lives were transformed. And the more that they leaned into him, the more that their lives were changed. And as I look at the whole journey that we've been on over the last 10 weeks, I believe that it's really brought us up to this point that we're talking about last week and this week, about actually taking what Jesus has done in your life, in my life, And actually allowing it to move beyond you and through you to the people around you. Because really, Christianity isn't just about what God can do for you and to you, although that's important. It really is about what God can do actually through you. And when you look at this particular definition, as we talk through this idea of follower, we've landed on this idea that every single one of us, that the, the end goal and the destination of Jesus for you is that you would actually be a reproducer. Meaning that whatever he's done, wherever you are in your journey, whether you've just recently given your life to Christ or maybe you've been a Christian for 50 years, it doesn't matter. That whatever you have is reproducible. That we should be taking that to the other people around us. And the whole definition of a reproducer is this. It's those who are followers, and I love this word, intentionally, meaning that there's some kind of proactive thought that you recognize in your life that you're just not here to receive. There's something bigger above and beyond than just coming to church on Sunday morning. And I think that's the wake-up call to American Christianity that, by the way, This isn't just about a 90-minute experience. It's not just about kind of jumping in and doing a couple songs and hearing a good word and giving a little bit of money or maybe serving occasionally, but Jesus actually wants us to be consumed with him, that our life is proactive and it's intentional and that we're doing whatever we can with whatever we have to whoever's around us to just let them know that there's a God that loves them and cares for them just as much as he loves you. And so this intentionality should be at the forefront of our prayers and our minds to say, God, remove from me the clutter and the busyness. Remove from me the preoccupation, the temporal mindedness, the natural mindedness. Whatever it is that causes me to live for me, God, break it out of my life that I might be able to move to this next level of what Jesus wants, that we would actually reach people and disciple people, that we'd actually move beyond belief into behavior and say, you know what, I'm going to actually share his love. And as Jesus left this earth, one of the last statements that he made as an exclamation point in his life, he wanted to make sure that his last words were framed in with an exclamation point. He says this, he says, go into all the world and preach the good news or give people the good news, and I love what he says, everyone, everywhere. Not some people, somewhere. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going around blabbering and yelling to every person, but it's it's a position that you take where you say, you know what, God, you've allowed me the wonderful privilege to have your light, to have your salt in my life, and wherever I'm at, God, I want to be open to the fact that you can use me anytime anywhere with anyone. And when we get to that point and actually begin to live that way, I believe that there's something significant that begins to happen in your life. We know the feeling when you live beyond yourself and you just serve someone and you help someone. There's something that happens. It's intrinsic to our nature that when you live life beyond yourself, something satisfying happens within you. The reason why? It's because that is how God made you. He wants to remind you that when you feel that way, it brings him good pleasure. And so Jesus lived his life trying to help us understand that this is our primary purpose. That it's not just about trying to get things from him, but it's, it's really... Coming and being empowered and equipped and strengthened and restored so that we can go reach a world that desperately needs him. And one of the greatest scriptures that I think that we find in the Bible, where Jesus tries to communicate this very practically, is the story of the Good Samaritan. And if you have a Bible, if you could open up to Luke chapter 10, that's in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, the third book in the New Testament, chapter 10, verses 25 through 37, Jesus is having this dialogue with a religious lawyer. Now, now please just help me right now for a second. Put yourself into the position of the religious lawyer as if Jesus is having this conversation with you. Because as you unfold this story and look at the the particular details of it, you find that this religious lawyer was a guy that knew all the right things. He knew what to do. He knew when to go to church. He knew what he was supposed to give. He knew the Bible through and through. It's kind of a picture of like a a modern-day Christian where Jesus is trying to just encourage and challenge the Christian mindset to think beyond where they're currently at. And this, this religious lawyer comes up to Jesus and, and he asks him the question. He says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answers the question with a question and he says this, well, what does the law of Moses say? in your Bible. And Jesus gives him this question and very quickly, again, this guy knows his Bible. He says this to Jesus. He says, well, that's easy. You love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your mind. And then he says, love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus very quickly, he retorts back and he says this. Likewise, he says, go and do the same. He didn't say, Great thoughts, great beliefs, great idea. He says, you're right. Now go and live it. Live by doing this. And this guy feeling a little bit awkward, he comes back and he says to Jesus, he says, well, who's my neighbor? And it was at that point that Jesus begins to unfold a story that should challenge all of us every single time we read it. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. And he says, well, let me tell you who your neighbor is. Now again, Jesus wasn't trying to confront the guy. Jesus was trying to convert the guy. He's trying to bring him to a place of saying, listen, I'm thankful that you like church. I'm thankful that you know the Bible. But there's something bigger beyond your personal God experience that's important to me. And I believe that, listen to me, I believe that that's where God is taking us as his people and this church, that we're living on the crest of some of the most volatile, excuse me, volatile, difficult times in the history of humanity, and God's trying to let us know that he wants to use us in significant ways if we could get just beyond our preoccupation with ourself. So he says, let me tell you the story. He says, there was this guy and he was on a journey and he was leaving Jerusalem to go to Jericho. And on the way, there was a band of thieves that came and attacked him, robbed him, stripped him, left him half dead in a ditch. And he says, and then there were these three people that came along the road. There was a Levite and a priest. And it says, they saw his condition, but they went to the other side. He says, but there was a good Samaritan that saw the condition. And it says he went to where he was at. He bandaged his wounds, poured oil on the wounds, put him on his animal, took him to an inn, paid the entire bill, stayed with him to the next day. And Jesus then says to him in the midst of this conversation, now, which of the three do you think is the one I'm talking about that's the best guy in this story, paraphrasing. And he guy's very challenged. He says, you know what? I think it was the last guy. It wasn't the Levite. It wasn't the priest. It wasn't the guy that knew all the answers, that sang the best songs, that gave the best little tie, that showed up on church on time, that went to their small. It was the guy that went to the ditch. And then he says this. Now you go and do likewise. I don't know about you, but when I read that one phrase from him, I get challenged. I think about my life. Think about our lives. Think about how busy we are. Think about our careers and our kids, all which are important. All of our deadlines and how we have made our lives so complex and so filled that it just kind of seems like we're too busy to really share his love it doesn't mean that we don't have the desire that we don't pray it or we don't have the intent but Jesus uses these two words the word go and the word do which rivet my heart Say, God, you even, as a pastor, you even help me. Hit me between the eyes. That I might really get what you're saying here. And really the big idea of this morning is this. If you get anything, just get these few words. True followers share his love. Really, what this is all about, what this is coming to, where Pastor Frank is taking us, what we're trying to ourselves buy into is this idea of sharing his love. It's our mission statement live like Jesus, share his love. And in this story, I want to look at just one of the verses Luke 10, verse 33 again, we could unpack a lot of truths in this entire story, but there's four key things that I want to give you today to encourage you regarding what it really means to share his love, because Jesus uses his words very carefully, and he brings up four thoughts in Luke 10, and I want to look at these four thoughts, and hopefully today you'll be encouraged to apply them to your life once you leave, and the thir- first thought is this. Sharing his love happens where you go. When I look at this story, Jesus starts off by using these three words, and they're so profound if you really think about them. He says, as he journeyed. In other words, it wasn't something that he had planned. It wasn't like, oh, let's do something on this Saturday. We're going to do a little picnic or a little Easter egg hunt. We'll invite some people, although that's cool and we should do that. He's using this idea that as you journey, every day of your life, there are absolutely hundreds of people that God puts in your path that are in desperate need of some help. Jesus modeled this. In fact, when you look at Scripture, you can't find anywhere where he really reaches somewhere in some kind of planned event. It's always as he journeyed. He's on his way to Jerusalem for the triumphal entry. He's about ready to be uh, literally um, um, crucified. And on the way there, there's a blind beggar on the side of the road screaming out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. As he journeyed, he's going somewhere. There's a lot on his mind, but he stops. And he touches this man, heals him as he journeyed. When you think about the woman at the well in John 4, here's a lady that had five husbands. She's living with a guy that's not her husband. And Jesus, it says, he's weary at the well. He's sitting there. He's weary. He's tired. But it was as he journeyed, he reaches out to this young lady and ministers to her. Zacchaeus in the tree, as he's walking through the town, there's this crazy guy hanging in the tree. You know, he said, quick, come down. It's probably because he was wearing a skirt. You know, those guys in those days wore a skirt. Quick, come down. I, no, I'm teasing. <laughs> but anyways, that's probably not in the Bible, but anyways. But see, Jesus was going somewhere, and in the he sees this guy high up in the tree, kind of like, Jesus. He says, come down. I want to go to your house today, as he journeyed. Even at the point where he's on the cross, dying for you and me as he's going through his most difficult trial, which should show us that just because we're going through a trial doesn't give us an excuse not to be a witness to others around us. He's dying for you and me, and he goes, "Ah," he turns his head as he journeys and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. And so it shows us this thought or this idea that it's as we journey as you're around your friends and your neighbors, as you're around those that you work with that are close to you that God's put into your path, as you're at the gym, as you're walking your dog, or as Pastor Frank would say, riding your bike. I love our pastor. He's stopping, just what he's doing in his stories about as he's journeying, stopping talking to people in the whole homeless community. That's awesome. That's awesome. See, but we've got to recognize that God puts hundreds of people in our path. Every one of them has significant, there's a story, there's a significant need behind every single one of them. My wife and I are celebrating, or just celebrated our 33rd anniversary. Been madly in love for 33 years. and She's so cute, too. I decided to to buy her um, a big bouquet of roses, and so I I bought this, and I'm all excited, and I've got a card, and I put it on the conveyor belt at the the store itself, and went into the flower section, had them made it up real nice, and I'm sitting there again. As I'm journeying, my mind is on that cute girl, thinking about date, what we're going to do tonight, how I can love her, what I can you know, all that kind of stuff. And as I'm, as I'm standing there ready to pay, there's a lady behind me. She's in her late 70s. And she says to me, those are such beautiful flowers. Who are those for? And again, shy Mark. I mean, I don't like talking to people, but I, I begin to tell her about my wife and how madly in love I am with her. And these beautiful roses are for her. And she starts to cry. And she says, you know, my husband and I just celebrated our 60th anniversary, but he died last week. Yeah, it's just kind of like, I'm just kind of, you know. And I just, again, my point is this, as I'm journeying, right here, right in this moment, God has someone in my path. I have a choice right now of what I'm going to do. I just put my arm around this precious lady and I just say, I'm so sorry to hear about your loss. I said, I just want to let you know God loves you so much. She starts crying. I'm pretty teary-eyed and I'm trying to, I forgot about, you know, my roses going <laughs> on the belt and the guy's going, hey, whoa, over here, bro, you know. And, and, but this is what mattered at that moment, right? And so I pay for, for my roses and I just have this thought. Again, I think it was the Holy Spirit, but I, I had this thought, why don't I just, let him keep my credit card and he can pay for all of her groceries. So I just, I lean over, I said, hey, just keep my card all over here and I'll act like I'm, you know, preoccupied doing some stuff. So he's paying for all of her groceries. All of a sudden, she realizes that I paid for groceries and she starts to cry. The guy behind the counter is starting to cry. <laughs> and um, she told me before, she said this, you know, when, uh, earlier on, she says, you know, I just want to let you know that... Um, My husband used to always call me Little Princess. And so when she said, why did you pay my groceries, young man? I like that part the best of the conversation. I said, because today you're my Little Princess. And she gave me another hug and all of a sudden I look behind the counter, Dave, the guy behind the counter at Safeway, he's, he's taking a coupon out and he's putting it on the machine to take some money off. He's going, get out of here, man, get out of here. You know, he's, just, he's trying to get his whole composure. But listen, it was it wasn't like some planned thing. It was as I journeyed. And God puts people in your path every day. It's as you journey, we need to recognize that we have the incredible, wonderful privilege to share the good news that he's given you. And then he takes it one step further. He not only says, as he journeyed, but as you look at this story, he takes it one step further. And the second point I want to pull out of this story is that sharing his love touches people right where they're at. So it's not just where you go, But it's right where they're at, not where you're at, where they're at. Because it says that he came to where he was. Please listen for just a second. One of the greatest challenges that we face is that we want people to come to Jesus on our terms. Come to my church, right? Come on. Hey, I want to invite you to church. That's awesome. Please keep inviting people. Come to my small group. Come, 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 come. Jesus always said, go, 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 go. And in this story, you find that there was a Levite and a priest. These were religious people. It says they saw his condition, but they went to the other side. Maybe preoccupied, maybe they didn't want to be ceremonially unclean, maybe they were fearing for their lives, that they would get, whatever it is that they tried to justify, the reality was, they didn't meet the need. It says, but there was a certain Samaritan, it says, he came to where he was, physically, spiritually, emotionally, relationally. You look at the life of Jesus, didn't he do that too? You think about the prostitute, she's about ready to be stoned to death. And here she is, she's half naked because it says she was caught in the act. Here she is, she's half naked, she's in the dirt, there's a bunch of people ready to throw rocks at her. Jesus, it says that he got down in the dirt, he went to where she was at. And when you think of the people that are around you, we've got to get past this ideology that somehow we want to pull them up to where we're at. No, Jesus teaches us, get down to where they're at. Get into their world, their life, their terms, their circumstances. And I'm not saying go hang out at the bars. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying, some guy's going, dude, man, all right, okay. What, what I am saying is this. Physically, spiritually, emotionally, financially, relationally, whatever it is, get down right where they're at. And you think about all the people that God's put in your life and in your path. Relational challenges, sickness, disease, single moms that need a babysitter, someone that needs help with their bills, we gotta to come to that place where we, where we see that there's something going on in their world, go to where they're at. Share the love of Jesus by watching their kids. Share the love of Jesus by paying their bill. Just go and share the love in a specific way like that. You know, we, as a church, we're trying so hard to just get beyond the walls of church. Again, the only way we're gonna ever get the city into the church is to get the church into the city. Right? We need to go where they're at. And so one of the things that you've heard about over uh, recent days is the, the whole foster care situation. And again, I believe that it's an epidemic in our city. In just the tri-county area, there's over 5,000 kids that would be pulled out of their home and placed into a foster care situation. There's not enough homes to put these kids. Many times they just sit at the office for hours as they're scrambling just to find a bed somewhere for this three-year-old or four-year-old that's sobbing and crying, wishing they could be with their mom. It's an epidemic. It's America's orphans. And as we begin to work with the county officials and begin to talk about what their needs are, we, we made a decision as a church saying, we're gonna do some things and go where they're at. Whatever the need is, let's find it and let's go where they're at. So one of the things we did just a couple, uh, just about a month ago, five, six weeks ago, we were involved in a thing called uh, an extreme makeover. and Many of you were uh, a part of that and I wanna thank you and honor you. We were able to get 350 volunteers. We raised over $50,000 and put in 4,000 hours to go in and to answer a, a situation and fix a need. And that was, they're saying all of the rooms where the parents meet with the kids are in shambles, we don't know what to do about it, is there any way that you can help? And we said, we're gonna go right where they're at and we're gonna make the best world-class rooms so that when these kids come in with their parents that they know that someone loves them. I just wanna show you just a couple pictures real quickly. This was the foyer and you can see on the left where it was before and you look afterwards. We turned it into literally an executive lounge. We wanted people when they walked in where they said, you know what? This place is a special place. It feels safe. It feels happy. Show the next one here. Here's a before and after of one of the rooms. That's where kids used to come, this old stale room. We put together a little room. Here's a third one, another room where we turned it into an art room. You look at black leather furniture, painted the walls, its whole art room. Um, You see here, here's another room. We turned into an ocean room where we just, uh, again, just put together all of these things. So when these families and kids come in, they feel like, you know what? There's someone that cares, someone that loves. Uh, we did a timbers room for the young people. And again, here's the before and after. And we got kids today that are calling. They're, they're wanting to put in their order. Hey, when I go back there, I want to make sure I get to the timbers room. I mean, that's where they want to meet. And then here's the break room. You see on the left here before with all the clutter. Here's what it looked like afterwards. Is We wanted to know, let those workers know that they're loved. So they're underpaid and overworked, and their lives are falling apart. We said, "You know, we want to make a difference in your life. We wanted to go where they were at." I have a thank you card in my office. A hundred different employees. When we went to this appreciation. Uh, uh, meeting where they came in. I mean, the entire staff, they're crying and they're thanking us. And again, these are hundreds of people representing, touching thousands of lives. As a result of you, as a result of us, we were able to meet where they were at and make a difference in their lives. I think that's awesome. I think it's pretty cool. It's what Jesus taught us. It's why we're doing the foster parent night out is that we've got these kids that don't have anywhere to go. Well, we wanna watch them and we wanna help not only these kids that are in a very vulnerable situation, we wanna help the parents as well. I mean, these are parents that are underpaid and have given their lives to these kids that can't find a babysitter because no one's screened. So we're pre-screening. We're saying, listen, we wanna give you a night out because we wanna appreciate for what you do. And so we're meeting them where they're at. We're gonna fix some meals. We're doing it uh, the second Saturday of every month. If you want to get involved, I would love to see you, by the way. Help us cook, help us serve kids, help us do crafts. What we're trying to do is to get out of our seats and to move into the lives of people right where they're at. One other thing we're doing too with our break room is that the police department has come and said, hey, we need a place to be able to, for our officers to meet. They're on the streets, they're often ridiculed, they're, they're, they're laughed at, they're, they're, they're uh, in danger uh, because of all of their equipment and stuff that they wear. They don't like going to Starbucks and they, they just want a place that's safe. And so we're putting in a police uh, rest stop here executive furniture it's going to be fully stocked granite counters seven days a week 24 hours a day we want every police officer in the portland area to know there's a place you can go that's safe that is the best place that you can come and you can relax why because it's a need and we want to go right where they are at right but see here's the kicker we've got to apply it to our lives it's not just us, it's you. How do, we, how do we look around us with all of the needs and how do we stop the busyness and preoccupation? Come on, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll just make you busy. We got so much in our life and we're just distracted to where if we just stop for a second and as we journey, we see something, go to where people are at. And the third thing you see in this story that's very clear that Jesus begins to communicate is this whole idea that sharing his love requires us to be open anytime, anywhere, with anyone. When you least expect it, expect it. It says that he not only journeyed and went to where he was at, but it says, and he saw him. That word actually means perceive and consider. It wasn't that we just saw, but he stopped long enough to go, okay, there might be something, there might be a need here. Maybe I need to just slow down just long enough to recognize, maybe God put me right here for this moment. And we see needs all around us. Come on, we get off the freeway, there's the guy on the street corner, and we go, okay, we see him, but do we really see him? Do we understand the story behind him? Now, I'm not saying you have to stop for every person, but at least do what Jesus says: perceive and consider. Just last night, I pulled into the gas station. I was getting gas at um, 82nd and at Johnson Creek at the 76 station there, and. It's interesting how God directs your steps, because the gas station I was going to go to was closed, and I'm kind of irritated, going, ah, oh, can I believe? It? Well, I land at this place. The guy that comes up to the window, I can see that there's something wrong in his life. I can just see his countenances down. And I just stopped, and I did just a simple thing. I, just, I perceived and considered, God, is there something going on in this guy's world? So I asked him, I said, hey, buddy, I I hope you don't mind. I'm a a Christian, but is there something going on in your world? Is there anything I can do for you or pray for you for? He goes, it's funny you should ask. He says, my wife's dying. She's in stage four cancer. She's dying. He says, we live down in Salem. This is the only job that I could land. He starts to cry a little bit. Says, I wish I could be with her while she's dying. Someone's got to pay the bills. I mean, here's just a gas attendant. I mean, it's just a guy that you kind of see. But when you ask Jesus to really help you see, there's a whole world, a whole story behind this guy to where we were able to pray with him. I connected him with the church that I'm a part of down there, People's Church, and I began to talk to him. I shared the gospel with him. I mean, it's just like he forgot about all the other cars. I mean, hell, no, he's just, he's just, he's just there. Anytime, anywhere, With anyone, Jesus makes this point so clear. They're so simple. I mean, he's he's trying to let us know that, you know what? Really sharing his love isn't as complex as you want to make it. It isn't really that big of a deal. Can you just continue to recognize that when you walk, there's people in need, and just go to them, find out what they are? He says, it's really that simple. But here's the kicker, which is the last point. Is that sharing his love, number four, has a heart for people. What caused people to be attracted to Jesus was not what he said. Listen to me so closely here. You've got to get this for your life. It wasn't what he said but it was why he said it. He didn't do it out of obligation. He did it out of love. There was something in him, he was so compelled with the heart for people that it really didn't matter. There were a lot of times, in fact, 46 times in the Bible where Jesus met a need and he didn't even say a word. We get all caught up that somehow, okay, we've got to go figure this out and be able to say, just go love someone. 46 times Jesus just says, it's really that simple. As you journey, go to where people are at, be open, and when you see a need, just give them love. Just love them. It says that he had compassion on him, meaning that he, he literally bore the burden as if it was his own. He had compassion. This world doesn't need another sermon. It doesn't need another gospel track. It doesn't need another kind of outreach. All those things are very important. Please understand me. You know what the world really needs? It's people that care, people that love. Love really isn't love till you give it away. We have this whole misconception that somehow love is something we receive when ultimately it's something that you give. Come on, guys. Think about your world, think about your life. Think about all the people that God has put in your path, your neighbors and your friends and coworkers, and why not just love them? Imagine if just every one of us got the vision to just love one. I know it would not only just change their life, I can promise you this, it would change your life.